listening to Love, Sex, Business with the Boss Ladies of Detroit. I'm your host, Ayanna Williams-Jones, owner of Twin Resorts, Pedicure and Shoes to Go Day Spa, and Boss Ladies of Detroit Business Consulting. And I'm Naya Marshall. I own Ivy Kitchen and Cocktails, Diamo Development, and Detroit Decontamination. And we're your hosts for the official Boss Ladies of Detroit podcast. All right, we have another great episode of Love, Sex, Business with the Boss Ladies of Detroit. And today, our guest is Dr. Rhonda Turpin. She is in seasoned innovative educator, change agent, and re-entry advocate. She resides in Cleveland, Ohio, but America is her workspace as a funding specialist for the Securist Foundation, a national re-entry platform. It gets better. She has authored two celebrity memoirs, been a contributor on a joint project with Natalie Brazil, the author of Oprah's own channel, titled Queen Sugar, and penned three other books bringing her a game. May 8, 2020, marks Donda Rhonda's one-year anniversary out of federal prison. We're interested to hear about that. What's next? Being part of a re-entry service delivery model that will not only reduce recidivism, but also give returning citizens a working wage and allow them to prosper. Dr. Turpin is a graduate of Cleveland State University College of Urban Affairs. So because we're from Michigan and we're Go Blue, because she's an awesome guest today, we're going to just let that pass. We are. We are. <laughs> With a master's degree in urban studies and her grand writing and a doctorate in metaphysics. Wow. Welcome, Dr. Turpin. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Turbin. Hi, happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, right now, currently, uh, I'm, I'm writing, I'm working on a curriculum called One World Curriculum. What's going on in the country now, a lot of funding is for racial equality and to put our curriculum into the schools. So I have the curriculum. I wrote it myself, One World Curriculum. So I'm working uh, with five states currently now. But uh, my dream or the big picture would be to see our curriculum in all the schools. And I'm talking about the curriculum all the way back to it, the name of the curriculum is now to N-I-L-E to America, dating all the way back. So that's the major project that I'm working on, bringing our curriculum to the schools. But... I'm a grant writer by trade. Awesome. Awesome. So take us back a little bit. Let's go back to federal prison. Yes. What led up to that? What led up to that is I was on a case. Um, I received 17 and a half years. Uh, I 17 years. I did 15 years for white collar, uh, for tax evasion, et cetera, uh, taking kickbacks, basically what it boiled down to. Um, it was nothing to do with my agency. I also had a nonprofit, but taking kickbacks, and that's, you know, it's illegal under federal law. So um, I went down in 2004 to Alderson, West Virginia. I self-surrendered at that time with Martha Stewart to, they call it Camp Cupcake. And uh, so that led to uh, my first book there because um, at that time, uh, I was asked to keep a journal of her, but you know, it's rules to that. You don't keep a journal on another inmate without letting them know. So I told her what I was asked to, to do, and uh, it 
turned out to be a blessing because she helped me with my writing career from the beginning. Because at that time, she had wrote 10 cookbooks. Mm, wow. Wow. So, she so, so help me understand. Who asked you to keep a journal on Martha Stewart? Uh, I had attorney I had retained. Uh, his name is Michael Goldberg. He's in Cleveland. He's a federal attorney. I had retained him. He was my attorney. So I'm calling him asking about my appeal because I have so much time. And he's asking me, he said, I have two other attorneys and we each want to pay you 25000 to keep a journal on Martha Stewart since you're right there with her. So, you know, it's rules to this. So, you know, I could have easily kept a journal on another inmate. You know, that's sneaky. And and turned it over to them for 75000 but instead I went to her. And I said, this is what I've been asked to do. And she actually knew the attorney in New York because it was three Jewish attorneys that asked me. And she said, oh, I know him. And he does have a publishing company. So she told me, you do whatever you feel is best. I don't know your financial situation, but if you don't do that, then I'm going to put you on. And that's exactly what she did. Oh, mm. awesome. Awesome. And awesome. that was book because her, um, her thing against that was that she felt that if I turned it over to them, to their hands, they could write whatever they wanted to do, say whatever they want to do, even if it meant exploiting her. Sure, So sure. that's why she did not want it uh, turned over to them. And chapter 10, she wrote chapter 10. I let her write what she wanted to write. So, And she did what she said she was going to do. She's the person of her word. That's good, and that's hard to come by because a lot of people say things just to you know, appease the situation and, you know, and that could have been the case. And so it's, it's, it's hard to find a lot of stand up people that actually, you know, as they say, say what they mean and do what they say. Yeah. But yeah. you know, she has a reputation of being a person of integrity, quasi integrity, yeah. you know, yeah. to her yeah. friends, basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that was the start of my writing career. And then when they let somebody that's a serial entrepreneur know that I can make six digits in a prison cell. It was on. That was the first of five books that I wrote. And I was trying to put out a book every year, but it wasn't that easy. So that started my sex, my writing career. The second was Lauren Hill. When she came in and stepped to the door, by then I was in Danbury, Connecticut. I had already did my research on her. And then, of course, again, giving her respect, I went to her and sat down with her and said, this is my research here. I'd like to write about you. But no so, no, no Jewish attorneys approached you to keep a log on her? No, no. <laughs> no um, and, you know, it was several other people that came through there that I chose not to write about. Piper Kerman and also the housewife, Teresa Judice. But they didn't have any substance. Uh, and I sure. told Teresa. It, it didn't have any substance. Like, you know, most people internationally don't even know who the New, Jer- New Jersey housewives are. But everybody in, in all the countries, 288 uh, territories, know who Martha Stewart is and they know who Lauren Hill is. Sure, mm. sure. And that says so, a lot. Um, her being in there, Lauren Hill speaking on, what was that experience like? Because, like, now... It's like I always call her the lost kid. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, that's her. That's mm-hmm. her. Lauren is a beautiful, beautiful person, but she's always been sheltered by her parents, always and still. 
And uh, sometimes love could break you down. And I'm just, I, I'm not going to get into her personal business because this is public, but sometimes love could break you down. And behind, you know, the five kids with the guy and then him going back to his wife and telling her, you know, I'm, I'm going back to my wife, you know, that was, uh, she had a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. and she hasn't been able to get back. We had these deep conversations about getting back. But to this day, she has not been able to get back. She got a major contract from Sony, and they paid her a lot of money for an album, but she has not been able to get back. Sometimes life can hit you below the belt, and you're just not able to shake it. And that's still where she's at. And I hate that because she's the only woman that got nine Grammys. Nine Grammys. Wow. Mm, I didn't realize that. yeah, she thought she history yeah. just did that alone. That's just a huge that accomplishment, alone. and for a black yeah. woman to have that accomplishment, that's a hu- yeah. I, I didn't realize that. I'm a huge Lauren Hill fan. I, I don't really follow the accolades, but that that's yeah. a huge accomplishment. So yeah, help, help me understand you and your writing process. You've written five books, I think it is, and you've yeah, been you've been writing. Were you writing prior to incarceration, or uh, just during incar- incarceration began that career path for you? I've always been in school. I'm a career student, and I've always been in school. And you know, at school, and especially graduate school, they throw a book at you and tell you to read it in a couple of days, do a synopsis, and then define it, tear it apart. So my writing was academic. That's why I never really stepped off into urban writing, because urban writing is one set of defense, and I write academically, but also I write for a diverse set of audiences. With all of my books, I have doctors, lawyers, uh, professionals, and also all my granddaughter's friends read my books and love them because they are diverse for diverse audiences. I didn't want to get locked into that hole of writing just urban books. Sure, sure. But are you, your books are mostly non-fictional, right? They're non-fiction except for The Game is Dead is about a ghost. It's sci-fi. Okay. And, um, okay. So I got. So there's some range. Pardon. There's range there. Diversity in your lineup. Yes, and you know what? My writing. Um, while there, I always four hours a day. I dedicated to writing two hours in the morning and two two hours in the afternoon. Here it's about an hour a day. I still write. I still uh, write here. I'm looking at a stack. My curriculum for One World. Uh, I have books that I need to put out that about one of them is about to be put out. I've finished those two. But I was diligent about writing because when you're doing that kind of time, it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day. Oh, the water is cold. Oh, it's black mold. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And I just refuse to get caught up in the day-to-day. Sure. I always told myself this is temporary. I'm just passing through. And I had a big bit. And I just always told myself I'm just passing through. Also, I broke up my time by moving all over the country. So uh, in the federal system, you could move every 18 months. So I started at Alderson, and then I went to Miami, and then I went to Danbury, Connecticut, and then I went to Brooklyn, and then I came home from Lexington. So also, I, I love that because it always, each time I moved was a whole new experience. I did not want to stay in the same place and they give you that option sure Mm. 
So, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. Well, kind of rewind and fast forward okay. to grant writing. Um, so I saw that you're an avid uh, grant writer. So yeah. explain, because a lot of our listeners are, um, you know, it's called Love Sex Business, and a lot of our listeners are business owners, uh, such as me and Naya are as well. And that's one thing, one avenue that people always... You know, they're always so, you know, I won't say, it's kind of like they, they want the grants, but they want, don't want to do the research, and then yes. they don't really know what to do, and then they're like, yeah. oh, well, for-profit businesses can't get grants, and, yeah. you know, that's not really the case, it's just about finding it. So, tell us, like, a little bit about how that process works for you. Yeah, and... uh. First of all, I'll say this is a shameless plug, is that I have a book explaining the whole process that I wrote while in Free Money in America that's for sale everywhere, and it still has good sales because everyone says when they research the Internet, it's nothing on the Internet filled with that type of information or how to get a grant, where do grants come from, frequently asked questions, everything, grants for your state. So I wrote that. Uh, that's very helpful. It's still helpful. Um, Free money in America. Yes, it, and it's on Amazon. It's everywhere. As a matter of fact, I just did a commercial for the two top uh, radio stations that will be coming out this week that he's promoting. And basically, that was just a bartering for me to set him up a nonprofit. So um, the first thing is that for to get grants, grants are unlimited, but you have to have a nonprofit 501c3. So I set them up, and then I'm able to fund my two main clients that uh, have me on uh, the payroll, I get a base pay no matter what I do, is the Securus Foundation. They own it. They own all the tablets. They own JPay. They own the phone systems in every state. They own everything. They are a multi-billion dollar company. They contacted me on the way home from when I was in the halfway house and set up a meeting and hired me. And then I also work for Charles Oakley, the uh, retired NBA player, and he has um, a nonprofit called Bob Nance Basketball Academy. So those two, and I'm on retainer with them, meaning that I have a base pay every month just to keep my eye out for grants for them. Okay. So um, that's what I've done since high school. Um, the writing uh, for a profit, that, that began in prison and publishing. That began in prison, but be, before that, I had a few decades of just grant writing. I'm I'm not tooting my own horn, but I'm one of the best grant writers this side of the Mississippi. I'm told. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, fantastic. So, where where is your passion at? Is your passion in the writing, grant writing? Is it in education, writing curriculum, or is it just the process of writing itself? It's the process of writing and getting the word out. And, and, and informing the public is, is taking a project from zero to 100. Okay. Um, grant writing, I eat, but that's not, grant writing is technical. It's not where my passion is. Okay. Uh, but I have that skill. It's a rare skill, and I actually turn down clients all day, every day. So I have that skill. I went to school for that. I have a master's degree in that, but that's not my passion. My passion is the voice and taking people from, Zero to taking a project or an idea from zero to 100, like with my books, having a voice, 
to be able to write something and then push it and then everybody and share it with everybody, share whatever the story is, that's really my passion. I can write grants actually without a much thought because I've, I've had so much training in it. Sure, so sure. It, I appreciate that skill because it pays the bill. Mm-hmm. It yeah, the, that's one of those things that we do because we ha- we have to do it, not because we want to yeah. do it. Is that yeah. how you would define it? Okay. Now, what is the? How long is the process? So someone comes to you, they say, "Okay, you know, I I either I have a five hundred one c three or I don't have a five hundred one c three, and I want to get a grant." Um, what does that process look like? Like, is it like a, hey, you get your money in a week? Six months, a year? Uh, it, it just depends on who you're writing to. Like, for instance, if the deadline is um, December 15th, well, of course, uh, the de- every grant has a different deadline. Right. And then county, state, federal, city, is, uh, and foundation grants. So if the deadline is December 15th and you contact me today, well, of course, you're going to see your check. You're going to know and you're going to see your money in a few weeks. But if the deadline is, say, uh, September 1st, which a lot of grants are, and you contact me today, they're not giving out that pot of money again to September 1st. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to look at the deadline. Um, if a person contacts me and we sit down and they give me everything, and I know now with my eyes closed what to ask for to sit down and write, well, it just depends on the grants. And then it also a lot of times depends on how much money you ask for. Because, of course, 50000 is a lot easier than 500000 Sure. 500000 is more work. Um, you might have to contact two or three people to put that pot of money together. Right. But, um, yeah, like I said, that's something that I do because it, it, it pays the bills. It takes care of me. And I like nice things, and I like to live comfortably. But... Uh, uh, my book writing and writing books and publishing, that's my passion. That's what I really enjoy and really get into. So, um, okay, so we we went past the um, the federal. We talked about the books. We talked about grant writing. Is there a love interest? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm currently in a relationship, but I'm going to tell you something. After 15 and a half years, things have changed. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Ooh, things have changed. How so? How so? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, you know what? I got, I'm real, I'm old school. I'm and dating school. is dead. Yeah, and let me tell you something. And one thing, I, I just put it all the way out there. The, the exes calling and baby mama calling. The kids is grown. You know, when I left, you wasn't dealing with all that. But this is a whole new, uh, this is a whole new thing. And then the baby mama even invited me to her pop-up. So I'm calling, <laughs> what in the world? What in the world? I, I, I just, the, Barbara, new, the new world this of Shirley. <laughs> when they say Barbara, this is Shirley. <laughs> it's a new world of dating. <laughs> yes, it's, it's 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 totally different. Um, yeah, so I really, you know, working on myself with that because you know it's adjustment. I've been in a in a sale for fifteen and a half years, so you know, um, you know, I have to really just you know understand that this is a different world. 
Right. How, how, how does it feel to when you gained your freedom? You had you were in you were incarcerated for 15 years. I come from un- unfortunately, it's nothing I'm proud of, a family of people that have been incarcerated over generations. You know, both my brothers, uh, yeah. my uncle, you know, things of that nature. And so the most time, you know, that my one of my brothers did was only was almost six years. And that was a huge that was a huge amount of time. So to do, even yeah. though, if, you know, if I, I hear that federal and state prison are very different things, but yeah. 15 years of your life is still 15 years. Yeah, so how, yeah. how did you, like, because you, you seem mentally sound, like you, yeah. you, like you have it together, like you've been out maybe yeah. a year now, I think it is, yeah. almost a year. Yeah, yeah. So and, how, you know, how did you get out and adjust, you know, not just to dating, just to, to this new world and to... You know, just your, your mental stability, because you seem, yes. you know, yes. well-adjusted. Let me let me just tell you, uh, basically, um, what I did there, see, it's easy to get caught up to the chronic complaining, because everything is wrong in there. I'm not going to lie. Everything is wrong every day. But uh, in thinking about, okay, today, what could I do to better myself? So it was just a matter of having a strong support system that kept me in the loop. I had never seen Facebook, Twitter, and any of that, but I came out with a few thousand followers because of this child sitting here in my room, my granddaughter sitting in there on my bed on, a, on her mat now. So just having strong family, uh, strong support system, visits, um, and also my bosses. I always talk classes. I talk uh, investing, I taught parenting, always, every time I walked in the door and they seen my education, they always snatched me up sure. and, uh, to teach and say, okay, because this person, we paying somebody with a, B, a bachelor's degree, you have a master's, so, and they only paid me 17 cents an hour, now I want y'all to know that, it wasn't no real Wow, wow. it was the purse, because I, you know, they would ask me to teach and I said, well, this is my list of demands. Right, I right. It literally was a negotiation then. I, a typewriter, I need my own office. I'm only working a half a day because I write books in the morning. I mean, I gave them a list of demands that was met all over the country. So, uh, but it was a strong support system because, you know, they used to explain to me, well, you know, now they have wireless internet. This is, you know, my bosses. This is what an iPhone looked like. You know, always keeping me connected. And guess what? I was not ashamed or embarrassed to ask someone if they came in, excuse me, what do you use for social media? They would tell me, oh, I use Instagram. Okay, how does that work? Right. You know, and they would break it down for me, the younger women, and I would sit with them and always ask questions. So then I would take my questions back to my family and say, okay, they told me with Instagram this and this. So put me an Instagram on. So that's that's in reading, reading magazines, subscribing to all the magazines, and then not afraid to read something in a magazine and say, okay, what is the blog? And then ask all the people in there and then take it to my family. Okay, I need a blog. And then they set it up. So I stay connected because I, I stayed down in the trenches with questions. Because I just really wanted to know what was going on because the whole thing with all that time, they wanted to break my spirit because I wouldn't cooperate. And that was the whole purpose. And that's why I kept writing. I just kept writing and kept putting out books. 
because like you said, 15 and a half years is a long time out of anybody. Like, I yeah. don't care who you are. I agree. So, you know, you, you know, I was determined to stack up some shoes so that when I stepped out of there, I wouldn't be defunct. I wouldn't be defunct or, you know, it was a culture shock. I'm not going to lie. Sure. Because first thing I had to do is, and I mean every day, is go to the libraries here. All the different libraries have the Microsoft Word, the PowerPoint, the 365, uh, everything, file management, all that. And I'm telling you, maybe from May 8th when I went to the halfway house to, I'm going to say a good four or five months, Every day I was in the class. I was at the Apple store. They knew my name. They have free training certain days because I didn't know how to even turn on my iPhone. So, wow. I mean, I was I had to go through massive training because it was really a, a, a culture shock. When I first came home with all this stuff, I felt like crying because I had been on a, a typewriter, and I didn't even know how to do a letter. But now, you know, I've mastered all of it, but it was every day going to the library, going to the classes, sitting there, because sure. they have they have free classes at all the libraries right. and at the Apple Store. Wow. So that's very, you know, and, and all I hear um, coming from you and out of this is self-determination. Yeah. Um, focus. 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 And a lot of people, I mean, that's out don't have that. Mm -mm. And a lot of people... That's in there, and that's you know that's a big thing. Is how do you, um, how do you tell people like you know what I'm saying? That that's what keeps you self-centered, and and you know what I'm saying. It's like a humbling experience, but that's what keeps you self-centered and on task. And your spirits high, because mm -hmm. most importantly, you know, even with the pandemic, right? I mean, I'm sure it's a real shitty time, and I'm just going to say what it is, for you to be released from prison and then have to go basically back, back. into corridors because of this pandemic, right? And so yeah. even I within, you know, those, those of us that were, like, we're on a stay-home order right now. So if you're non-essential, you're supposed to be home in Michigan. And so we are experiencing a lot of pandemic fatigue here in, in the Detroit area, in the, in the state of Michigan, because we have been locked down for so long. And then to get out and go back, that's a very depressed, like people are depressed. People are sad. And so when I think about the fact that people can't even handle, you know, two months or three months of being in their home, but still being able to go to the grocery store, still being able to run essential errands and things like that, they can't keep their mental stability in a positive space just in that amount of time. And I look at someone like you and you are, this is an inspiration to me because I look at someone like you, like I, I we are on zoom and I can feel your energy through this. I can yeah. see, I can feel your spirit. I can feel your energy and it's so positive and it's such, it's radiating through this. And that's what I'm saying. Like I can feel all of that. And so for you to have gone through what you've gone through and, and be in such a great mental space, like that is something, and maybe that's your next book. I don't know, yeah. but I mean, like I, I can feel it. Let me tell you something about that because uh, people have asked me about that. People uh, out here has asked me about that and, What's real is that after being locked in a cell with not even a piece of ice, no cold water, nothing you want to eat, no vegetables, I am I'm, I'm in heaven. Because guess what? Right now, if I get up and go to that refrigerator, I could go get a water, 
I could go get a piece of ice. I could give me a drink. I got some Calor and Grey Goose over there. <laughs> goose, I goose, 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 goose. Turn it all the way up. <laughs> I could go walk outside. So when you're taking and you're in a sale for all that long and you're limited and everything is stripped from you, everything is stripped from you that you love. I could cut on some music. I got TVs in here. So that lockdown, total lockdown, and then just being able to, you know, I always dreamed like what it would be to uh, have access to a computer, to be able to eat some salad, to be able to drink some wine. You know, you dream about this stuff. Right. Well, guess what? I'm living my dream over here. Right. I COVID, but I've been in real lockdown. Right. Yeah, someone, right. Someone has said that um, someone and actually had got upset because, you know, the people were complaining and they were like, you know, oh, we're we're in jail. This is like jail. And the people that were really in jail was like, listen, this ain't what you experiencing ain't nothing. nowhere near jail. Because you can at the end of the day, if you decide to disobey and say, I'm not staying in. You have that right to walk right. out. Now, of course, you got to deal with whatever comes from you walking out, you know, but at the end of the day, you have that choice to be able to do that. You're not about to get beat. You're not about to get, you know, yeah. jumped on or, you know, any of that for not being yeah. in your cell. So I understood. I was like, oh, yeah, that yeah. does yeah. make it's a fun. lot of sense. Be careful you know? what analogies you use. Yeah. Yeah. It's Definitely. a blessing. Yeah. Really, it's a blessing. Yeah. It's a blessing, you know, to cook what I want, to eat what I want. And like you said, we in the pandemic, but I could go to the store if I want to. Sure, sure. I the car out there because I write grants. So, you know, I just go to the store if I want to go to the store. Right. I mean, really. So uh, I am in the house, but it's not a mental lockdown for me because I've been in a mental lockdown. Right. Where I really wanted to be, to move around, but I felt always like a bird with clipped wings because I couldn't go nowhere just in that little small cell. So that's why this is not um tor- this is this is not tor- torture for me and it's not a negative for me. So do you still talk to anyone from like anyone else that got out or yeah. any Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I taught classes there all over the country, women constantly hit me on my social media, on Facebook, asking me about a job, asking me about different advice. And they might usually say, and because they're right, uh, I've been it with so many thousands of women I don't remember, but they'll be like, uh, Ms. Turpin, I know you don't remember me, but what's a good trade maybe I could take up or what I, what, what is the trade I could do from home? I have two small babies. They hit me on Facebook and Messenger, and I answer every last one of them. So I'm in contact with that. And then my very close friend, she's on, I think, 20 years. She got 30 years. She was on Big Meech case. She was the money mm-hmm. counter. Okay. So um, she went in at a very young age. And now, um, yeah, so I make sure I keep her up, keep her with cards, keep her with money. Uh, that's the only person that I really, because I left her there at Lexington, so I, you know, I bond with her. But everybody else is more or less on a, um, you know, they contact me for information or they might hit me on Facebook and say, you know, I had a baby or blah, 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 blah. But I get a lot of messages from Messenger on that. So I still do, I still nurture because I used to nurture in there. 
and I used to tell right. them, you know, okay, my door, uh, I go to bed at 10, but I always had an open door policy and I taught classes, but an open door policy where if you had a problem, you need somebody to talk to, uh, you could trust me that it wouldn't go any further because it, it's a lot of stuff going on in, on in there about people worry about their kids, uh, relationships falling apart, parents dying, all kinds of stuff right. is going on. Life is going on on the outside while you're in the inside. So yes. all these things. I have a cousin right now. He's my first cousin. He's my mother's sister's uh, son. And he's been in prison now for, since he was 17. And he's 41 years old now. And mm. I just look at it like he's in Jackson, you know, and he's been in Jackson all these years, you know, rotating around. Um, and I look at it and I think back and I, you know, every now and then I reflect and I go, this is such a different world from when he went in jail at 17. Mm -hmm. And today, you know, I mean, his outdate is, I mean, it's still, you know, 20 years from now. It's still mm. over 20 years from now. And so I just think about like, you know, it's like, and as a person, and a family member who goes through things like that, you know, it's hard because there's, you're literally, you feel helpless. Like there's nothing yeah. you can do. Like there, there yeah. are times when you don't know what to say, you know, and yeah. it's, and it's just as a result, I think that's how the relationships break down in families when they're incarcerated because, yeah. you know, you, you, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do because you can't help. How do you help? You know, obviously, you know, sending money, putting money on books. God knows I didn't send so much money through JPay. I got another friend who's in Kentucky right now that I send a little $50 every month. And he's just my homie from the neighborhood, you know, that I know is in there. And it's just like you run out of things to say. Like now I know they can text message and do different yeah. things because I got a message just two days ago from my homie. And it's just like he's like, Naya, why you haven't hit me up? Or why? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, and it's and what it, are we gonna talk about? What and it's almost like a guilt. Like it you know, is. It becomes a guilt. Like I, I you know, I really don't want to almost tell you my day. Like you know, the stuff that's that's tedious to me that I'm upset about in here. Right. It's it's not as important to you. And then I don't want to make it sound like I'm gloating because something happened that's exciting to me today. And then you don't get to experience that because you're in there. So it's almost yeah. like not yeah. really knowing um, the balance between being able to, um, you know, being being supportive, but not, you know, yeah. gloating and not, you know, and then you don't. I don't know. It's like you don't want to really downplay yourself. No, you don't. You know? and, and they want to know the good things that happen. But that's why yeah. I was asking you about your spirit and your energy because I, yeah. I, I tell you, I can feel it. And but let me tell you something. My motto, my motto in there and what I, what I stuck to every day, and I'm serious about this, a slow ball beat, meet no ball, beats no ball. So what that means is because we had text, I might post something on Facebook or Instagram, but guess what? It's not going to be the same as you as in the moment, but I can post it. I can send it to my granddaughter in there, my daughter, send it to them. I had had to email it or text it to them. So if I text it to them, they wouldn't get it to four hours later. And then they might post it six, seven hours later. But guess what? A, a, a slow ball means a no ball. Right. Meaning that if you sit there and do nothing, then nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Sure, mm -hmm. so that sure. Means you have nothing. But I always got up in the morning with that right there at the front.
front of my mind. Right. Okay, a, slow, a slow ball beats a no ball. What can I do today? Mm-hmm. What can I write today? What can I send out? What can I, how can I reach out of here? Right. So I always go beyond. Read. Your mind was all, even though you were in there, your mind was beyond the wall. It was, Never it was end. always beyond. I, I yes. can tell that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, Miss Dr. Turpin. So we kind of forewarned you a little bit. We done got the business out the way. (laughs) And now it's time for our... Dr. Turp, are you ready? Are you you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) All right, for our love and sex part. So the way it works, just in case you don't know, and for our listeners who this is their first time watching us, we have this wonderful red bowl here with all these wonderful, nice questions in there. And we're going to pick three. Well, since you're not here, did I pick last time or you picked? I think I picked. Okay, good, because... I'm going to make sure I give myself an easy question this time. Oh, goodness. So, um, I pick three questions, and I get to look at them and see who's going to answer one, what. So, I'll give you one, Naya one, and then I'll answer one myself. So, okay. Dr. Turbin, I think she can handle the pressure. She got it. She's got I it. Get, I get a hard one every week, so I'm going to shake get, this up She real gets good. the hard one this week, that's for sure. Okay, so we got question number one. We got question number two. We're going to shake it up some more. And we got three questions. So let's see. Ha-ha. <laughs> I'm getting out you this time. Oh, gosh. See? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I got one for you, Naya. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I think they threw this one back in. Okay, so let's see. Is it a duplicate? Yeah, I think it's okay. a duplicate. So okay. I'm going to throw this one out because we had this one before. And I think I actually ended up having it. That's right. Okay. So let's see. Okay. So I'm going to give you that one, Naya. I'm taking my question. And... Okay, and then since you're a doctor also, you get to analyze this Absolutely. One. So we'll go with your question first, Dr. Tur- Turpin. Okay. Okay, so it goes, what is your take on the statement, marriage equals monotony? And then it's a two-part, so we'll have you answer that part first, and then I'll ask you the second part to it. Um, my take on marriage equals monotony is it, uh, it does. I feel like if you marry, it it should be one-on-one. I know some of the world doesn't feel like I feel, but I feel like I'm still old school. I'm old-fashioned. When you make that commitment uh, to be married and to be in a monogamous relationship with one person, then that's how it should be. How do you spice it up? Uh, You got to keep it spicy. (laughs) <laughs> you got you got to constantly keep it spicy. You got to keep it spicy with what you wear, with 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 with, with uh, toys and everything else. You got to keep it all the way spicy. Every time he think it, it might be boring, you got to switch it up, and he'd be like, "Ooh!" So you gotta. If you don't keep it spicy, then it's gonna be boring and humdrum. Now, some people invite people into their bed, and I went through that with my first husband, and then it turned out to me liking the girl for a little while more than him. So that's why that's not. 
How, how did that happen? <laughs> Look. That ended up in divorce. <laughs> so did you so, go with the girl? Uh, no. Uh, you let her, you so, dropped them both? Uh, yeah, I mean, he just really had a problem with anything going down without him. And while he was at work, she was knocking at the door. So, uh, <laughs> wow, I think that's a book. That's so raw. <laughs> my younger years because we got married out of high school and that was the end of the marriage because what he asked for he couldn't handle hey some people some people do that that is a big thing that they say be careful what you ask for you just might get it so that's why i would never uh if i ever remarry i would never do that again uh invite someone to uh our bed because that you know that could be tricky i've heard lots of both ways that could be a little tricky but you just have to you have you have to keep it spicy you can't every time they think they know you and it's going to be plain and it's going to be something else gotta bring out a new wig gotta bring out a new wig now i, I believe now i have a wig collection now <laughs> you gotta bring out a whole bunch of stuff if you married a long time you gotta bring out you might you might have to bring out a dancer or two you know, you have to bring out all. Well, we love the strippers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, Naya, your question. So my question says, is your significant other similar to your mother or father? Well, this is pretty easy for me. I don't know my father. I've never met him before. So. Um, yeah, did she get the easy question again? Uh, so. Um, he certainly is not like my mother. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> not in any capacity. Any capacity. That's a that's a that's a, a long ended question because my mother and I. It's a it's a love. Obviously, there's a love, but it's a love hate relationship between us two. So I love my mother, but I do not like her. Uh, so, uh, I would never marry someone that's like her or date someone that's like her, uh, in that regard. Um, but I would imagine, I would say, I will say he, he is, um, similar to my younger brother though. Very, Mm -hmm. very much so. He's responsible. Um, very responsible. So, yeah. And my question is how much alone time do you need in a relationship? So a long time. Is that like by yourself? Yes. So I'm kind of like a spoiled brat. Yes. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so I like a long time, but I don't like a long time. Like, I think I have my moments. I know. Look, Dr. Turbin would get that mm-hmm. look like, what? Because I need a lot of alone time. So I don't need I a lot of alone time. I require a lot of alone time. Like, I think when, when, like... I'm upset, then I don't need, I need a long time, like for five minutes. And then I need you to come back and love on me and spoil on me and, you know, kiss on me and all that kind of stuff. But I like my partners to be around me a lot. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm the, I'm the total opposite. I'm the total opposite. Like there's a time and a place for me. And for, for me, it's definitely, I, I enjoy my alone time. Very much so. I know, but you know what? I'm an only child. Yeah. And by my um, mother, and I had a sister and brother by my dad, but they're like 10 years older than me. 
So I think I have abandonment issues. Yeah. And when you're an only child, you get a lot of attention mm-hmm. from everyone. And so I'm a that, Gemini. Yeah, that, that plays a huge role. Yeah, and Geminis yeah. love attention. Like we, we're yeah. almost like attention whores, kind of. <laughs> how, how we we did not ask you a question, so I'm going to go back one, just one. Okay. So we didn't ask you how are you balancing it all because obviously you're dating, you're oh, working, no. yes, yeah. you're um, dating, you're working, yeah. you have your family. Yeah. So how considering how how are you balancing everything? Working from home is excellent for me. Like I cook dinner uh, just about every day, every other day. Working from home is, is, is it makes it all possible. Also, we have date nights. Every Friday night we go out on a date. Mm-hmm. We have movie night too. Since we went to see okay. True to the Game, or we watch a movie at home, so we have time that's strictly. You know, I love our date nights. I love the uh, movie nights because it's just really um, it is what it is. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of the, um, balance, but I'm like you, I also like my alone time. I, I like time and really, uh, a lot of times like eight to five or seven to five Monday through Friday, that's my alone time. I have a, a office at home with everything in there. And when I go in there, shut the door, even my family knows she's at work. Right. So I'm at work and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Everything in there uh, it's comfortable and I go in the zone understand but in the evening I come out you know I come out of there I'm sitting at the dining room table now but in the evening I come out of there but when I go in there and sometimes as early as seven this last week I go in there and I shut the door yeah that's I'm at work yeah and I might come out for a short break or something to put dinner on but I'm at work so that's a lot of the balance but in the evenings the weekends then when I come out of the evening, you see, you know, he'll call and be like, well, you want to go get some dinner or you want to hang out, you know, so he'll call. So, oh, Dr. Yeah. Turpin, uh-huh. what do you have coming up? Huh? What do you have coming up that you want our listeners to know about? Um, hmm. Basically, uh, right now, just, just letting them know about, uh, it's not upcoming, but just free money again. Free money in America. I'm, I'm about to relaunch that again on commercials and everything. That's the book awesome. on how to get grant money, how to, uh, what what it requires, where the money is, how to keep the money. I'm relaunching that. And where can they find free money? How to get free money in America? Free money is, uh, Google my name, uh, Rhonda Turpin on Amazon, on Amazon.com. Uh, can you spell, can you spell that? it out for us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, R H O N D A T U R P I N, and it's available in print for nineteen ninety five. And the ebook is available on Kindle and all other venues that sell ebooks, even the i ibook for two ninety nine. Yep, and tell us the name of the book again. Free money in America. Free money in America. Hashtag free money in Who doesn't America. Doesn't love free money with Doctor. Turpin. Thank you yes. so Thank much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Honor meeting you, yes. ma'am. Yep. Yes. Bye bye. Bye bye.